Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 383 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I chat to Greg Gionomanovich of Marineverse about their sailing simulator, Marineverse Cup. So sailing then, it's a pleasurable experience. It's serene as you glide across the waters with only you, the boat and the wind to take you. For that is what Marineverse Cup is all about. That just you and the boat and the water and the wind and the light and and the boys and the buoys, I should say, to be clear, as Americans call them. But yes, just sailing with ropes and winches and all of that, all in glorious VR. And that's what this game is about. It's a simulator. It really is. But it's presented in such a way in such a gentle way that it's not too intimidating. It does a wonderful job of onboarding you. See what I did there? See? Oh, no? There's a lot of puns in this show. You're going to love it. Anyway, let's listen to me from the not-so-distant past chat to Greg about Marine Verse Cup. Chris, take it away. Greg. Hey, Chris. Who are you and what do you do? Um, so my name is Greg Jimidovich, and I'm a founder at Marineverse. Uh, and uh, at Marineverse, we build virtual reality sailing apps. We just released uh, Marineverse Cup on Quest. You have indeed, which is why you're here, Greg. What an experience mm. it is, for it is an experience, everyone. And it's not often we get sports simulations or simulations on the show. We haven't done a lot of them. Uh, we have done some, but mostly it's it's, it's an unusual... It's a, uh, it's not a frequent um, say, genre that we cover. Mm. But before we delve into Marine Verse Cup, and we will be delving, there will be, not so much diving, but delving, there will be. Let's, let's find out <laughs> a little bit more about Greg, shall we? So, how did you make your start making video games? Well, it's a very convoluted and long story. Uh, you I like was those. <laughs> yeah, I, I was re- reflecting on this question, and actually... Uh, to cut the, cha- cut the chase, when I was kind of young, uh, my parents or my dad bought 
and bring uh, Turbo Pascal, so like a programming language book, and left it next to the PC. I, I had a kind of I can see in the background uh, of uh, our recording that we have like this big mm. monitor, big old PC monitor. So we had one of those back in the day, and I was playing games as you do. And he just left that Turbo Pascal book, and I start playing with it. Uh, so I think my very first attempt at making something that you could describe as a game was quite early. I was trying to do a canoe simulation. So it was like a DOS game, flat screen, and you could move around the, the boat. It never went anywhere. I, I gave up very quickly. And um, I sticked with programming and sort of like software engineering. Uh, that's what I studied at university. But uh, my gaming uh, endeavor stopped uh, other than just playing games. Uh, and it was only a uh, couple of years ago when I decided to try to do something with VR sailing, uh, where, when I came back to, I guess, gaming. Um, so that's, I guess, uh, that kind of story. And I, 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 must, I must say that I was reluctant to make a game out of it in the beginning. Like the, the roots of Marineverse are in, hey, let's make a VR sailing training application. Yeah. And it's just just through iteration and sort of like uh, realities of the industry at the moment, we ended up making a game, which is quite fun, but that's not where we started, definitely. No, it shows, though. The roots show. When I'm playing it, mm. it's definitely feeling, and all the terminology and, and that kind of thing is definitely embedded, baked into the experience, which mm. I, I actually quite like. This is why I think it's more of a simulation uh, but there are lots of game aspects to it. And I don't allow simulation that does actually scare a lot of people off. And I don't want to do that uh, because mm. it's not that. But I can't. It's the best way to describe it. I think it's the most honest way to describe it, um, uh, if, I, if I may. And uh, But, you know, the actual experience. But it is very much a very um, and uh, it's an overused word in the industry, especially amongst the, my journalist friends. But, um, you know, it's 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 really um a rather tactile feeling everything is tactile mm. every mm. but it's like everything you do in it but it's an interesting way that you you started doing little boat game on 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 the pc eons ago and like oh, that's that's the thing okay let's move on and then you did all you grew up and you did all the university stuff and you studied you know, software engineering and stuff and then they, they, and then never left you really all those years like still still don't really, really want to make that boat game you know really really want to do that and like here you are and you yeah. did but I mean, probably if you said to your, your younger self yeah you will make a boat game but there's nothing really i mean you put something on your head to, what yeah okay never mind okay you're scaring you now but <laughs> yeah yeah who would have to think uh, uh, yeah no that's that's wonderful that's really good that you just carried on bashing away at it some people just easily go going, i remember making a game about a thing and i just moved on with my life but uh no you went no no that's a thing people should enjoy the water and boats and things and they should so next question and i think i'd only answered to this one i don't know but it's mm. the the inevitable you know and say inevitable the the the, the, the apprehensive I don't like asking this question it's so open but here it is as a creator of things and you are what are mm. your biggest influences do you believe they could be anything 
I mean, it's one of those questions which is hard for me to answer because there mm. are like so different angles. But specifically for for sailing, uh, Mariner's Cup, it really is just my sailing experience, right? So anytime I'm on the water, there is something that I kind of pick up, uh, which is like, oh, I wish that could be done in VR. And there is a long list of those things that uh, I hope to add. And, and that's a big influence for me. Uh, other than that, books, podcasts, uh, you know, those are some of the things uh, that uh, influence me. It's it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, being an indie developer during well, recently pandemic, it, it's all very remote. And so, so like all those interactions uh, are digital, uh, aren't they? So, yeah, that's why I guess books, podcasts, uh, sometimes Reddit. I'd like to go a little bit back on, on the sailing aspect because I can relate to that because I've done that too. And mm. I have as many friends who regularly sail. And I think... From what you sound to me like that experience, there's that moment in sailing. There's several moments. One of them, my favourite ones, is that just that moment of tranquility, where hmm. you're, you're 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 going along not at a great speed, but you're still moving, and there's hmm. that sound, and all you can really hear is the wind and the the water rushing by, but not rushing as in you know that's that. Is is uh, it sounds like to me that that's one of the things you'd want to, because it is a lovely moment. It doesn't last very long. Sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't, because there's usually something happening within twenty minutes or so that then breaks that spell. Yeah. But it sounds like that's what you are wanting to reach into, as well as all the other things you listed. Uh, would that be fair to say that? Yeah, that's definitely one of the, the, the key aspects or key, or key, moment, key moments. And uh, I'm sure many of you will be kind of familiar with the concept of flow, right? Uh, we're talking about getting into the flow of something. And, and that's how I would describe what you're talking about, where it's a, such a simple activity, but yet it is keeping your mind somehow occupied. So you're focusing on managing the sail and steering. And there is such a if you're lucky, there is such a tranquil environment and you can just sort of uh, relax and, and and almost forget what you're doing. Um, and it's funny because uh, VR can really, in many ways, recreate it, uh, which is quite amazing. And I think that's what's different about making a VR setting game versus flat, flat screen setting game. Like, I'm not sure how much you could get that feeling that you described while playing, no. not in VR, I, I guess. And I've got some questions related to that. So let's keep our mm. powder dry for now. We'll, we'll we'll leave it until the second half. But uh, no, that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good reason why why wouldn't you want to recreate those experiences outside having to spend thousands of 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 pounds, stoke dollars, so whatever currency you can think of to own even or or, or hire a boat. It's like yeah, it, it, his kind of experience is pretty close. Uh, it's just not as wet or as cold. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, like, you know, like definitely want to try to inspire people to, to try the real thing. Oh, yeah. but, but the thing with, but the thing with selling is uh, like, even if you own the boat and you have it nearby, you still are not going to be able to sail it uh, every time you want, because 
the weather may be not right. Yeah. Or maybe you have to go to work and you just have five minutes. And then, yeah, just having this taste of sailing uh, yeah, is yeah. Some, sometimes pretty good. It's quite impressive. Mm. Yeah. So next question. And this one's also a bit of a toughie. It's mm. um, what game developer do you most admire in the industry and why? And it could be a person or a company. Um. So I don't have one that I admire, but yeah. there is definitely a couple in uh, in VR space that uh, I'm admiring, following, and and, mm -hmm. and and very interested in what they're doing. Um, so first of all, like there is a group of us doing VR sport. So yeah. I'm doing v VR sailing. Yeah. Uh, but there but there is a golf plus. Uh, there is VR fishing. Uh, the, 11 table tennis and a couple of other what I would call uh, let's recreate um, real sports in VR, right? So okay. uh, those projects are very interesting to me because they have like, in, in some ways similar challenges of like how do you take a real thing and make it fun in, in VR? Yeah. Uh, the other group of uh, developers uh, or two more groups. Uh, so one, like as an indie dev, uh, so... Like my setup specifically, it's uh, I'm the only full-time employee, and, and then there is a group of contractors that help me pull this off. Uh, but still, I guess just one person pulling this train to release on, on Quest on the platform, right? And, and that's pretty hard. And there is a couple of other projects that have done it last year. Right. Uh, Smash drums, um, puzzling places. So, yeah, like very inspiring and, and props to those teams uh, for bringing bringing those unique uh, in some ways niche i guess experiences to the platform uh, so it's always inspiring interesting to see how they go about the things what do they do mm -hmm. how do they reach reach the audience right and last uh, lastly um, hopefully uh, we will get to grow marine team a bit uh, and then it's uh, very interesting for me to look at the developers who are a couple of st steps ahead uh, and uh, there is uh, Digital Lodge, uh, which are doing Aspire One in Melbourne. That's a bigger group uh, of uh, VR developers. And uh, another one is um, Alta doing Township Tale uh, from Sydney, uh, both on Quest. So again, uh, I'm always looking and, and, and seeing uh, what's going on and how do they go about the things. So yeah, and I, I could keep going. Like, uh, for example, and I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with um, game design book uh, what's the title book of lenses by um, uh, jesse shell i'm getting this right uh, so yeah that was basically my uh, crash course into okay what is game design and, and how do you do it because uh, I, i've been responsible on the project for game design and i had no background before so i really definitely needed to get up to speed mm. and uh, and one of the games that i actually finished uh, like end to end on uh, on on, v, on in VR is uh, I expect you to die uh, by that company. Uh, I don't know if you played it. It's quite fun puzzle game and, and I, really works in VR. Yeah, it's from of course the the immortal line from Goldeneye. Um, I think it's Goldeneye. Uh, Goldfinger. Sorry, Goldfinger. Uh, where he just says, uh, "Yeah, do you expect me to talk? No, Mister Bond. I expect you to die." And it's such a I just love it's it's a wonderful the fact that that one line, which is so unusual, 
It's, it, it was very modern phrase from a film of 50 years ago. Like, mm. that's a bit. And it, I think they didn't understand, they didn't realise what they'd done. It was just, <clears throat> that exchange is very modern. Uh, but to have that one line, then go, well, what if? <laughs> what do you do <laughs> when you're trapped as a spy in a contraption? What? How do you get out of this? Mm. You know, and uh, I think it's wonderful. It's so, so video game-like, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, let's see that see that bird that's jumped from that branch to that branch. Well, what if? And like just that just moment of inspiration, just you know, and that that have we well, hear that a lot on this show where people just get to see something and then they build up an entire game based on a, a what mm. they'd seen, you know, about two or three years ago or sometimes longer. Or even as a child, yeah. as you did, you know, you, 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 your your drive to make a boat game has uh, never let you go. Yeah, and like uh, we, there is the other part of that story. Like, yes. why did I wanted to do a boat game? Was uh, uh, I was uh, part of uh, was uh, Sea Scouts, which, which is essentially scouts on water. Uh -huh. So I've done lots of sailing as a teenager, and actually I stick longer with sailing uh, than I did with game development at that stage. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, I, I stopped sailing when I was maybe twenty, and I went to uni. Mm. But but those two forces basically. Uh, that software engineering and, and sailing as a kid, that's, I guess, the real background that uh, inspired me to start working on Marineverse a couple mm. of years ago. Um, so it is definitely a, let's say, child, childhood slash, slash teenager uh, connection inspiration that was brewing there mm. and, and, and got to f uh, fruition, I guess, with VR. Yeah. So last question in the first half. See, well mm. done. You made it. Here we go. This is the... The, the one of the uh, the only topical part of the show, really, uh, <laughs> I found after years of play of, of playing uh, recording this uh, these shows, is uh, what are you playing right now? Um, so honest answer is that because of the release, I've been really um, strict and trying not to play anything. That's uh, fine. That's fine. But but I did. But the last thing that I played quite a bit. Uh, mm this year actually was age of empires 2 out of all things so okay it's just the revised uh, one or the new yeah 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 one. Yeah. yeah the remaster on, on steam uh, and in general i always liked uh, strategy simulation um, uh, games uh, and that's sort of i guess the, the genre that i kind of go to for fun so i spent quite a bit of time in uh, civilization SimCity, uh, frost Frostpunk, I think, was the one which was oh, impactful. Yes, that's terrifying. Yeah. And I played it as the you know the pandemic was starting in 2022, so it was interesting to play it and reflect on everything else that was going on yeah. in, in the yeah. world. So it's a good game if you haven't played it yet. Uh, I I recommend you. I've, I've backed the board game, looking forward to getting that, but I have played it mm. as well. It's, it is quite harrowing coming to some of the uh, decisions you have to make. Um, mm. and uh, and it doesn't really get any better every time you play it. It's like it's still there's still no one optimum. You can't min max that game. It's immune from it. You can't. Yes. You can't. It's just like nope. You think you're gonna, you know, even in the easiest setting, it still punches you in the face with some really horrible options. But yeah, yeah, hundred hundred percent. It's it's great at conveying that that message that I guess it's trying to convey. Uh, mm. 
I guess if you look for it, uh, it's a little yeah, bit too binary sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a bit a little bit too stark. Like it's either you know sunshine and rainbows or death and destruction, which is to be like sunshine and rainbows, possibly. But what's the consequences of that choice? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, because you're now done that, but for this a short term gain. But where's the long game, eh? And that's the that's what I think the game tries to teach you is that. Every yes. decision you make has consequences, and you have to think long term, which none of us do. Yeah. Well, we—that's not true. Some of us do more than more than others. But uh, there you go, everyone. Bit of philosophy for you. Uh, more, more, more to the point, approaches to life. Um, but uh, no, good, good shout. Yeah, Age of Empires, the new one, the third one, I think people really liking. Um, uh, I think we are up to four. Four actually. now, it's four, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, apologies. Um, yeah, it's really well received last year. One of the rare RTS games that actually came out last year that was uh, much lauded. Mm. But um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I need to get back into those because I did love them back in the day. Even when playing, well, you know, Command and Conquer and stuff, I was a big fan of them. Even though I was terrible at them, I, did, I tended to turtle up a bit. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> and you can understand, like, I think that that journal strategy games leads leads itself to spending many hours in it so you can see why i was trying to avoid it at all costs uh, absolutely yes <laughs> trying to sh- sh- ship the game oh um, yeah i know it's it can be there's some i mean uh, over the last month it's been a bit tense intense regarding at the time of recording at the regarding games that kind of you know swallow your life you mm. know i mean again i said it's topical so we've had you know, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and now we've had Elden Ring, and now we've got Gran Turismo 7. And, and it's just like, oh, come on, give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, I've been very good. I've only got one of those three. So, you know, I've, I've been very good. Like, though, I wanted I wanted Horizon, but I fancy some Souls stuff. Here we go. All oh, right, yeah, punched in the face over and over. That'll be fine. That, that'll do me. <laughs> That'll do me. So, uh, yeah, it's it's all good. Anyway, well, let's move on then. Let's uh, delve deep into Marine vs. Cup. So, Greg, tell me, what is Marine vs. Cup? At, at its core, it's a um, sailboat racing game. Um, 
both yacht and dinghy and, and falling boats racing game. Uh, but it actually have it has a couple of layers uh, which uh, may like it kind of maybe sh shows. Uh, I don't know what it shows, but basically it is not just one thing. Uh, so. Uh, on a high level, it is a sailboat racing game, but then exactly what do you do in it? You do a couple of different things depending on how deeply you want to get into the game. So as you said, it is experience on on the on a very uh, on the very surface. Uh, you can just launch it and experience it for like five ten minutes to get a feeling of sailing, and that could be all you do. Uh, but if you really start getting into it, uh, you can not only race, uh, and that's kind of both uh, in asynchronous multiplayer and in real-time multiplayer, but you can also start learning about racing and tactics. So it kind of starts to welding into, or maybe it's a tool for sailors to um, to learn how to race and, and, and improve their real life uh, sailing. And it kind of tries to do all of that, uh, I guess, uh, without being too overwhelming uh, when you first launch it and when, when you first start it. I guess whether we've done a good job uh, on that, uh, the, the jury is still out. Uh, some people are able to uh, to go through the, through the whole experience and, and get to the good stuff. Uh, and some people find it quite intimidating, uh, I think, so far based on feedback. But okay. that's what it is. That's what the Marvelous Cup is. It is. Um, I... I what I found, I chuckled at myself when I started playing it, saying, well, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey a lot recently. Bear with me, there's a relevance to this. And there's lots of boat action in that game. And what I should say, sorry, correction, ship action in that game because you are on a ship with rowing mm -hmm. and a massive crew. And, you know, that game does a fantastic job of modelling the water. It does. It really does. Mm -hmm. But the actual act of sailing... Yeah, not so much. <laughs> you know, you, you are moving across a, a a beautifully rendered. I mean, it's exquisite, but you feel it's like you're not really controlling. You're just directing everything. And in its defence, you aren't actually controlling anything either. You're just directing where the boat's going, and that's that's fine. But in Marine vs. Cup, you actually are really doing everything. You're, and it's really the the minutia there, every little detail. That you that you rightly focus on is there. You haven't gone nuts with the graphical stuff because really what matters is you, the boat, and the 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 environment you're in, and the instrumentation, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But that's that's what I get from it, and it can be intimidating. But any new experience is intimidating, and that's fine. I could argue any game or form of anything is going to be slightly... You know, that's, that's the one thing that people stops people from playing games is the sheer, like, oh, I can't. This is too much effort. And that's getting over that is the problem. That's how games like Super Meat Boy or indeed um, are, are so successful. Um, or, or Spelunky and Spelunky too, because they're so immediate and you know you can jump in for 10 minutes and then walk away again. Uh, mm. And it's just you know that knowing that you're not going to be sitting there for for twenty hours trying to figure out something. It's 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 not it, it, it's it's all about ramp, uh, onboarding and that kind of thing and making it more approachable. I think you do a fantastic job of onboarding. 
Um, my, my only criticism really is when, is, is when, well, we'll come to that. I won't say that yet. Mm. But let's mm. talk about, I want to talk about, the, this, this, um, this is a bit of a personal in, interest I have. And I want to mm. talk about this. Um, how much of the wind is actually modelled? What kind of level of fluid mechanics have you adopted in modelling the the wind and how it interacts with the sails? How much of it is based on actual fluid mechanics, or is it more, you know, uh, more uh, not as uh, detailed as that? How much? What, what's under? What's uh, what's cooking under the under hood, as the Americans would say? Uh, it's definitely a very basic uh, model, like nothing too fancy. Like, you know, I have to remember that we're working with uh, a glorified mobile phone in, mm, uh, exactly. with the displays, right? So Quest. Uh, but I guess, that, you know, the, the key that, that we're going for is making sure that how you operate the boat uh, on a high level is reflective to how it would behave in real life. Right. Um, and, and even with the simple, like, the simplest of the simulations. So we're talking a uh, vector describing direction of the wind. That's still enough to bring quite a bit of complexity um, that is that can be intimidating for gamers, even though uh, we've tried very, very hard to make it as approachable as we can. Um, but I would love over time, and that's kind of the beauty or, or the challenge of the Mariners Cup, that there are still many layers, right, in terms of simulation and what you can actually control that we can add to the game, hopefully without not making it more obscure during onboarding. Um, so long story short, we are not doing anything too crazy with the wind simulation at the moment. Right. Uh, because we kind of don't have to, uh, even on the simplest level, like, hey, if you're going upwind, you have to pull in your sails. If you're going downwind, you have to release your sales. That's actually quite simple thing to program without being too crazy. Um, uh, the downside of of that is that once you get, once you are no longer a beginner sailor and you start being uh, intermediate or advanced sailor, you will want to work with the wind as it works on the water, which which can be quite complex, right? And mm. you want to adjust. You could, you want to adjust the 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 shape of your sail. In a ways that it's not possible yet in Mariners Cup. Hopefully, over time, we'll be able to bring some of those principles in yeah. as, as well. Actually, one cool uh, geeky thing that I've I've learned re recently uh, that I want to bring to the game, and it's not there yet, which is on a real boat, you can actually control how the top of the sail, so the top uh, part of the sail, yeah. what is the tw twist of it, how much it's twisting, and and why would you want to control that? Well, because from physics, uh, when you apply the force, if the force is applied at the top of the sail, it's healing the boat more, right? So yeah. in a strong wind, it will be overpowering you. Yeah. So in a, in a strong wind, you would want to twist the sail to yeah. spill some wind and, yeah. and get back. So this is the example of something that is not yet in the game, yeah. but I hope we'll be able to add it. Uh, and that's why I was saying that it's something that we'll be able to add because you can imagine that for onboarding, we can keep the wind nice and calm and slow and it doesn't yes. matter. No, but no. for an advanced sailor, we can be like, okay, the wind is too strong. Uh, what are you going to do about yeah. it? And then yeah. uh, you can start playing. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's when we'll have to improve the simulation. But again, really, we will just have to add 
a wind strength uh, a bit more than right now uh, and play with it, right? We still yeah, don't yeah. need uh, fancy, complex dynamics of what is actually happening on the water, which is, you know, quite quite challenging if we were to actually properly simulate it. But yeah. very cool. Yeah, I mean, you've got vortices, eddy currents, and all sorts of stuff going on. Then you have change of directions, and it is, after all, yeah. just a gas moving around. That's what it is, everyone. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why that's why it's fluid mechanics. And, uh, you know, when you walk past buildings on a seemingly calm day, and yet you almost get sometimes get blown off your feet, that's what that's about. It's, it's just it's weird stuff. And that's a real thing, by the way. People actually build buildings, and they realize that they've actually caused major problems, <laughs> and they've had to create baffles everywhere basically sails to actually calm the, the wind to prevent people from being blown over next to a building but uh, yeah. yeah similar sort of science i just I, I have some knowledge and understanding in it i just thought well how far did you go because it i can't really tell because i just love the way the sails react to this simulated wind because it really feels mm. like you have gone to that depth i know you haven't but i just think it's really clever that you've you've created this illusion that you have gone into that kind of depth because how the sails billow and fill out and move and animate is really convincing. And I, I fully appreciate that you actually haven't gone to the depths of... Because, you've, you, like you said, it is just a mobile phone. I say just, there's a little bit more to it, but it is pretty much a mobile phone device in, in the headset and it can only do so much computation before it starts to fall over. Um, mm. And it really wouldn't. You'd spend all your processing time doing all these fluid mechanics that doesn't. It's not. It's, it's not. It, it's cool, but it doesn't really wouldn't help with the experience. And you're trying. You know, there's got to be a balance here. There's got to. You know, there's going to have to be a level of conceit here. And that's. And I think it's very convincing. So well done to you and your team on that regard, and all the people you're Thank working you. with. Um, Thank you. The next point I have is something that we spoke about offline, uh, not offline, but on emails and stuff, because when I approached you for this interview, you asked me the kind of questions to ask. And this one I have to ask, we can't not talk about it, is um, there's a lot of instrumentation on on boats. Generally, there genuinely is. And you've done some interesting things. You've created panels that are much larger than they are normally in real life. Or maybe not. Some of them are about right. But in some cases, it's like it's big sort of numbers and sort of plastered all over the boat. So the player knows how fast they're going and what direction they're heading in. What have you done in the design of uh, a Marine vs. Cup? to make sure that the player isn't too overwhelmed with information when they step on board that boat? What do you think you do? I know what you do, but I want you to describe for me the approach you've reached. To, because if there's ever the phrase onboarding <laughs> is, is appropriate for a game, it's, it's for Marine First Cup. So tell me about what, 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 what kind of design iterations have you gone through to make sure that the player isn't too... Um, like oh god I'm you know this is too much um so, so disclaimer uh nothing that specific uh, remember i don't have a like a formal training in, in game design but what we did do is uh two things so one the whole development was very very iterative uh, and we were shipping the game very often and the result of that is that we would start with something very, very simple, and we would only add things when we had a reason to add them. 
And obviously that may not that may not be enough not to overwhelm the player, but that's a start because you start basically yeah. with nothing. Yeah. Uh, the second the second thing we've done, uh, which uh, was a challenge for me working remotely from home, but it's probably obvious uh, to anyone doing game uh, development is. We've done uh, playtests with uh, playtesters recording videos and, and sharing those with us. Uh, and it's an amazing little thing because, uh, you know, you always get some feedback from people that play the game, but there is so much you can see on the video that people never think about or they don't realize that something that should be happening is not happening. And for example, uh, right now in a game, there is this red AR triangle that shows up in front of you telling you this is a no-go zone and you cannot proceed uh, when, when you are stuck in a no-go zone. And that's an example of something that was in the game for a very long time until after another playtest, I realized that it has to be there because it's just very unintuitive for non-sailors how to sail upwind. Yeah, um, yeah. I, but I, I don't know. That's like, uh, is there anything else that you were thinking about uh, about <clears throat> we might have done? When you were asking the question, like you said. I know what you've done. Yeah, um, it's just what I like the fact that you make sure that you introduce each component of the ship in discrete modules. Mm. Like, what what's mm. that thing over there? That's the, don't worry about the sail at the moment. Yes, you're going to have to worry about it right now. But at the moment, let's just focus on. Where you're sitting or standing, I stand when I play VR. I, I always do. I just prefer it. Um, even when games encourage you to sit, I just like standing. Um, yeah. And uh, so um, and you say, make sure you're the relative height. For you. And you, you just do everything you can. And the, the little clipboard you get in your hand, so it's like and you look. You have your attention drawn away from the boat and say, okay, don't just have, just have a look on this and just make sure you're happy with it. It's just that gentle introduction of each little component because I remember when I was taught about sailing and that's how it was introduced to me it's just like don't worry about that winch it does look pretty scary it's fine though it doesn't need to be moved right now we will be winching that later on but right now just sit next to it and talk about have a look at this thing look at that thing look at this thing what's the boom yeah. you know and, that, and that's what you've done you've created discrete you know it's like it's almost like you've approached it like problem solving which I would never say a game is about problem solving unless it's a puzzle and stuff like that. But you've definitely the best way to uh, to uh, understand an idea is to break it down to small discrete components, and by doing so, you can then provided there's a proper link between all of them, and you can see them coalescing, and you can see you can encourage the person experiencing that they are figuring out the link between each component because that's the part you can't teach really. It's it's just like you can see the discrete components, but the, the linking is something the human mind has to do themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, there are two things that come to mind to comment mm. on this. So you know, you can look at the game like uh, Beat Saber, uh, where there is almost no learning required. You just know, and you can play this game, and it's all about refining your you know skills. Of well, it's slashing. more about hitting accurately and fast. Beat Saber. Yeah, but but like it doesn't you know, tell you that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's not easy. But no, no. What you need to, but what you need to do is quite uh, quick to grasp and explain, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas in in, in Mariner's Cup, uh, imagine this game actually launched in alpha without any tutorials. 
So <laughs> there was a race and there was a boat, but there was no onboarding. And, no. and they kind of worked in a sense that there were sailors that enjoyed the game, uh, but a lot of people couldn't um, enjoy it at all. So as you said, we actually program solved in a way that through playtests that we've been watching, we've been just trying to slowly add a module at a time trying to solve one of the problems that, that we identified. Because yeah. I didn't want to make the game necessarily more arcadey. I wanted to keep that core experience that we yes. had yes. really in 2019. But I wanted for anyone who is motivated enough to learn to remove all the bar bar barriers, right? So it's not a game that we can just jump in and, um, and race because it's too hard. But hopefully it's a game that... Uh, you will be slowly and steadily learning one thing at a time mm -hmm. until you get to racing. And obviously, some people just want to have a, a fun experience right away, and maybe they don't, they don't enjoy learning. It may be a hard game to get into. But if you like learning and feeling of progress, uh, which is, is one of the things that actually I like very much uh, in games, say that civilization that I mentioned, I never got into that game in, in the sense of trying to optimize my uh, countries and cities and uh, you know and make it the best possible country what i really loved about this game and, and experience playing it was just learning everything there is to do in that game and kind of what's on offer that's where i had the most fun uh, similar thing with the frostpunk and i suppose maybe that shows in a bit in, in marine Cup as well where that game tries to deliver a bit of that experience of progress and learning where you can experience one concept at a time and, and get a bit of a win yeah I, I think my only like well i think the biggest thing that i sort of like bounced off a little bit was the mm. when it presented to you the relationship like there's a diagram at the end of the boat that describes how all the wind and all the mm. terms used for where the wind is relative to that and also how you mm. can improve it, maybe highlights, animate it somehow, but it is a wall of information. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to remember all of that. You do eventually after repeat plays, but it is quite that, that one, that bit, like, what is that? And I immediately went over to it to have a look at it because that's what I do in VR games. Like, oh, it looks interesting. I just wander over and have a look. And, like, I've, what, I was, a, oh, yeah. But that's. <laughs> Everything else is very much, you know, diagrammatic and sim symbology, but that is the only, like, oh, wow, that's that's quite a lot to take. Is this is this important? Do I need to know all these terms? Um, maybe, yes, kind of. It, it's really a shorthand way of describing the wind, the sails and their relationship with the, the, the wind direction. That's what it's all about. And um, it does help, you know, what particularly port and starboard and stuff like that. Everyone has their own way of of uh, remembering those. I do. I'm not going to repeat them here. <coughs> it's not rude. It's just silly. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, and all that sort of terms. And to, 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 with any, uh, any activity, with regards of sailing or golf, or, they're all there. We all know these terms. It's just that uh, you really need to become very familiar with what they actually mean. And um, uh, like, for example, a friend of mine said, a ship is only a ship if it can carry another boat. Like, really? Yeah, that's a ship. And I was like, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> if it's carrying another boat, it's a ship. Like, oh, 
good. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, it's all this stuff. So that's my only, like, like hesitant. Like, the only, everything else was just wonderful. How you just described the speed and, and how you, you know, the, the actual interaction that was wonderful when I actually saw my sail flapping around. I knew it shouldn't be doing that. It's like, this is bad. I knew you shouldn't be doing that. It's annoying. Cut, what do I do? What do I pull? Like, oh, I'll grab that. You tell me to, to pull and, and trim the sail and it suddenly billows out, fixes in place and the, the speedometer in the middle suddenly jumps up to X amount of knots and like, there you go. That's what yeah. I need to do. And this is like, and then you realise that it's it's very easy to panic in the game unfortunately or fortunately some people get a thrill out of like on the brink of like i'm gonna mess up here aren't i and that's fine because failure is something you lose you learn from as well as success you do learn from success not enough people say that but you do learn from success as well and uh but that that feeling of like you know always like am i doing this right the sort of like the the only way to measure that is by well, well, we'll come on to that how you measure it later. But yeah, um, I think you did a really good job of breaking it down to a point. But there's only so so much, so many aspects of sailing that, or any other sport or, or simulation, like you know, when you see the dashboard of a or, or the cockpit of a, an aircraft, it's just ridiculous. Yes, it is. Um, All that instrumentation is absurd, but it's required. But yeah. And I mean, you know, like, it's interesting how you describe this uh, experience uh, and this potential moments for panic. Mm. So one of the inspirations uh, or what we hope to accomplish with the project is to take, uh, you know, for people that are trying to actually learn how to sail, to take some of that stress out of the water, which would happen these days, because it's that plus more, and why don't you, you know, play this little game and understand those core concepts yeah. uh, at your home in a safe environment? And then obviously there will be another layer of complexity in real life with balancing and applying real forces. But at least you will know, like with Beat Saber, I know what I meant to do. Yeah. Uh, and it's not happening, but I know what should be happening. And that hopefully will help you out to actually uh, have a good time sailing. Um, and uh, the other point to make is sailing is such a uh, wonderful thing uh, for people that like to learn because you can be sailing on the day one with someone's help. Uh, you know, it, it's like the, the basics are not that complex and there are no. functions on the boat that you can perform. But at the same time, the nuance of it, like it's a lifelong journey. There's like so many things to learn about weather, navigation, different things. So as a creator, like there is so many things that we can still build and create and hopefully in a way that we don't end up with a crazy dashboard, but more like, you know, you start on a simple boat as you do in this game, you start on a dinghy and then you progress to another boat with two sails. Yeah. But then maybe there'll be another boat, more modern boat with yeah, more, more elements to control and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so on and so on. It's quite exciting for me. It, it is, it is. So I want to talk about how a Marineverse Cup simulates the sense of speed mm-hmm. and um, it's typically based around the wind it's sound of the wind and has the and, and the boat as it cuts through the water and it definitely mm-hmm. is these boats cut through water everyone they don't sort of wallow uh, they're not tankers mm-hmm. 
um, but they do cut through the water. How have you found replicating this sense of this sensory experience in marine verse cut? Because it is vital, isn't it, with the sailing experience yeah. to make sure that they feel you feel as if the wind is really passing across your face as well as the worst of sails. How have you found the sound design and all of that sort of like that? You probably think soft aspect, but I think it's core to the experience, isn't it? It, it, it is, and especially. Um like sound can convey so much experience and feeling and it's actually from the power point of view definitely easier to do well than uh, amazing graphics right so it's a quite important tool to do uh, or, and use well in in, in vr um, so both on this project and, and on the previous project uh, which was vr regatta we work with uh, sound designer uh, stefan schultz and and him did amazing job on sound design and actually spent quite a bit of time uh, with him iterating on how do we make sure that uh, as a game developer, I can just tell the sound engine, this is the speed I'm going and this is the direction. And the sound engine creates a believable, useful sound of water and wind for uh, that speed. And also, you know, as you move your head around, there is a directional aspect to it. So. That was kind of quite unique and custom made for the game, and um, and I think it's a big aspect of that. And obviously, on top of that, you have things like splashes. And again, there is like a visual representation of the splash, but there is a sound of the splash. Uh, I wish we could do the uh, feeling of the uh, wind blowing at you. Yeah. So heads headsets are not coming with the uh, with the fan. But the funny thing that I, we discovered uh, doing playtests demos and tip for the listeners, if you actually put a real fan, you know, like a simple fan you can get in the supermarket for like 30 bucks, if you put it in front of you and, and you play the game, in VR, it sort of doesn't matter that it's a static fan and it's just blowing straight at yeah, you. It yeah. still makes it feel better and sort of like uh, enhances the feeling of immersion. So it's a good uh, thing to do when you're playing the game. Um, yeah, and, and lastly, and that's, that kind of comes back to the UI, uh, that speed indicator is important because logically it conveys, okay, I'm going slower, I'm going faster, which yeah, uh, yeah. is a, you know, a bit of a crutch. Like if we removed that indicator, I mean, sound, I guess, would still do a bit of a job, but... Yeah, it gets uh, it louder. The, 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 sea, the, the water gets louder. It, of course it does. It does the, because as the boat is cutting through the water, it's suddenly the, 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 the froth and the, you know, the royal of the water around the... It, yeah, it gets more, it gets rougher uh, because you're going faster, and that's one indicator. Mm. It does a good job of that, and but yeah, the speed you're definitely looking at the number going. Oh, I'm now going faster. That as well as you look at the other things around you, other boats and other things relative to you. Therefore, you're going faster relative to them. The speed and that kind of thing. So there's all these things, but I think you just did a really good job because if that wasn't there, if it wasn't mm. modelled right, you wouldn't play. I'm sorry, mm. but it's just like if it wasn't, mm. if it was too bland, it was too flat. It was just like, you know, um, it's just like there is emotion there, but it's not, not really as uh, engaging. It's just not as, again visceral. There's <laughs> that other word that we shouldn't use. Well, I've used it, but it's not really. Didn't feel like tactile or real, uh, as if like it, it. But it is there. You have managed. No, you're right, and and something that we haven't discussed at all. Uh, taking it for granted, but, you know, in 2016, it 
it was very controversial and it's probably still controversial, the idea of moving in VR, right? Like quite often we're teleporting or, or the games are st stationary yeah. because we are worried about the motion sickness in VR. So getting the sound right is one of those things that uh, I think <clears throat> makes it actually work a bit because mm. it's less of the disconnect between what's going on. Um, I mean, it's probably still not for everyone, uh, but it tries to be as uh, comfortable as it can, I guess, for what it's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, for me, um, I don't have a problem. I, don't, I have VR legs, I'm happy to say. I've, I've said it on another podcast once, I have a heart and stomach of a concrete elephant. Uh, <laughs> uh, I even play Wipeout when, on, with, no, with all the things disconnected. Mm. Right? It's fine. I'm all right. I'm all right. I, just, I have yet to feel nauseous when playing VR games. Um, but uh, I really yeah, appreciate, you yeah, know, many people don't have that. And uh, so I don't know how I get or how that happens, but I'm just very lucky that way. So I wasn't at all anxious about getting not getting my sea legs. Unlike when I first went sailing, uh, I was very anxious that I was going to get seasick and stuff. And it's very common because, you, you know, it's just, you know, you're balancing your ears and it does make it, you know, nothing's, nothing's static. Why is everything moving? It's annoying. Um, initially, initially, Greg, I know generally it's... Wild, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the whole sea legs thing. It's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. But yeah, I do have good, strong VR legs. But So I didn't have that problem. But, uh, you know, you're right. It's It's a thing. Last question then, and we've been dancing around this for a little bit, but we need to focus in on it because while Marine versus uh, Reverse Cup, your the heritage goes back to a simulation. It is a game, really, and uh, you've got challenges and racing within it. How have you found designing that aspect of Marine vs. Cup? Um. Again, it was a very iterative process. Mm -hmm. uh, and like there, there are various challenges, but basically uh, something that I guess the ultimate potential for this game is essentially real-time multiplayer racing uh, with all the sailboard rules and, and all of that. The challenge with uh, pulling that off, like, you know, doing multiplayer games is hard one of the reasons is how do you bring people together and make them play, right? If you yeah. are on your own, yeah. that's not any good. And then you add to it sailing, which is acquired taste, and, and VR, right? So that creates <laughs> quite, a, quite a bit of problem to actually pull it off. Yeah. Um, so the first game mode that we actually started with, and that's probably the most popular game mode, is uh, what we call daily race practice, which is this 24-hour uh, window of ghost racing, right? Where you have a leaderboard, a unique conditions, uh, the same for everyone, and everyone can submit their score and um, and race. So design for that was essentially about this constraint. Of, uh, okay, we want to race with other people, but we cannot be in the same time together. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, and as we develop that, and uh, we've been getting feedback, uh, like people obviously quite enjoy a new challenge every day and they will and they keep coming back but there was the subset of players that were like but i really want to get good at this specific thing uh, so i want to keep repeating one activity and try mm. whether i can get the best time i can and, and that's where this whole concept of uh, time trials came from which are right. uh, 
very similar to daily race practice, but um, but they are the same, right? And the leaderboard is your classic game leaderboard. Like if you do well, it will be there uh, forever. Um, and uh, last, uh, lastly, uh, we try to gamify, you know, everything. So uh, tutorials. Yeah. Uh, we still measure your time and we'll give you sometimes one start out of three to let you know that yes, yeah, yeah. you completed it, but you didn't do such a good job. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that uh, motivates you to understand what can you do better to actually you know do better. Um, yeah, and uh, we constantly so, so like something that is very down my eye and what I really love doing is basically working with community feedback. So. When you ask about the design, it almost any of those decisions comes from there was something happening in a beta. Uh, users were noticing, commenting on something, yeah. and then we just try to figure out what we can do about it. Um, and one thing at a time, uh, you know, day over day over the last couple of years, I guess that's how we ended up with uh, what it is today. That's that's perfectly fine, and it shows. It definitely is a. The thing about community feedback and community-led design, I'm saying not community-led design, but community-influenced design. Because mm. whilst you listen to criticism and, and, and feedback, you can't adopt all of it because it doesn't work mm. because it's going to have a small niche going, I, but I want my, my boat to you know, have a jet engine on the back. Can we do that? It'd be great. Like, please, no. Play Hydro Thunder or something. No, um, but it's you know I'm pulling out a silly example, but you know what I mean. You have input; mm. it's valued and welcomed, but just not going to be adopted for a variety of reasons. So, but no, it does definitely show that you are listening to your audience, whilst also listening to people who are just trying to experience it for the first time and actually are stepping onto the deck for the first time and. Uh, experiencing the and um yeah just on that note really i'll just sort of sign off on the, the questions because that was the last question was really mm. the the way the, you you are pretty quick in getting people on board the boat and that's really good that's mm. really good because you could have had it so you'd had a huge theory session for an hour of talking about all sorts of like you know not and it, we've all been there right you know I've done it myself and I'm about to do something like okay before we get on the boat here's like two hour lesson on <laughs> the the intricacies of of sailing and all the things you need to know before we step it's absurd you know you're just not gonna you, that that won't work that won't fly uh, in a game like this and it is a game. Yeah, like there's this concept of ma magic moment, right? For yeah, any yeah. product or, or game. And we definitely had it uh, from our mind. So, mm. like, there is a couple of things we are teaching you before you jump on the boat, but we try to <clears throat> get you sailing as quickly as we can, right? Yeah. And in fact, in playtests, uh, you know, I, I've seen people asking questions like, okay, why is this happening? Uh, and, and sometimes, through pop-ups now you can see in the game we answer those questions so like yeah, there'll, yeah. There'll, there'll be a pop-up showing up at some moment and the reason it's there is because people are kind of asking but sometimes we don't because so like as a designer i was comfortable okay you're asking this question this is a good question to ask you don't need to know it right now there'll be a tutorial later on yeah, where yeah. you'll find out and it's a hard act to you know to manage the balancing act of what information and to provide when and obviously not everyone will need the same amount of it 
Да. So, I'm not saying that we got it perfectly right, but it's definitely something that we kept in mind. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're like, how can we get you to the good stuff as quickly as we can? Yeah. So, Marineverse Cup, which is developed by Marineverse, and is available on what platforms? Just to be clear. Uh, Oculus Quest, and we actually have an early access on Steam as well. Um, so wow, okay. Steam and, uh, yeah, the, the comment about Steam version just quickly. Yeah. Uh, so, like as we, uh, we discussed before the show, uh, obviously there's this whole PC VR, so you can play it in VR on, on the PC. Yeah. But the other thing that you can do is you can actually play it with keyboard and mouse, which is probably not the most fun way to play it, to be honest. No. But what you can do, which is fun, is you can get into the races and race replays, and you can you know do screenshots, videos. So basically, nice. you can do your racing in VR yeah. and then get out and document it or review document it, it. Uh, on nice. NPC. Yeah. So yeah, but Quest is the main platform, and if you don't have a VR, uh, it's really the easiest way to, to get into it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, Greg, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Uh, pleasure. Yeah, you're more than welcome to come back. Tell us about what else is cooking or sailing. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, thanks very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, canorince.com. <laughs> <laughs>